0: thing called mute and I had it on. Sorry, Joel. That was all me, obviously. So, uh, but today I walked in and, and a few people noticed my shirt and one person said to me, my shirt, the person looked at me and said, you know, I kind of, my shirt's nicer than yours. And, and I said, I don't know if it is. And I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to embarrass Pam's husband. But, um, but but, but he said, he said my, my shirt's, shirt's nice. nice. And I said, I don't know if it is. And he said, well, of course it is. I have a collar on. I said, said I have a Bible have a verse on, my, on shirt. my shirt. I win. This <laughs> has a tractor. It's only one word. No, well, this is Romans one seventeen, and there's one word on the side. So anyways, we, we won't take a poll because I don't want you to lose. So but... Um, this is the new YC shirt, we got a whole bunch of them coming out, we have, I have like three or four in my house, different ones, and, and I'm excited for camp clothes because I get clothes for free and I don't have to buy them for a good year, so you'll see a lot of these shirts. So um, as we get started today, I am, I, am, I love going through Galatians because each time we do this, you know, he says a lot of the same things over and over again because it's so important, and, I, and I'm going to hit that why he beats that horse in a little bit here on that dead horse, but... But I'm going to start with a story about the, this man who had a lot of wealth. He had ac- accumulated a lot of wealth throughout his days. And, and one day when he was later on in life, he had all this wealth, but he didn't have anybody to share it with. So this man, he goes out and, and, and he adopts himself a child. And he had a will written up. And, and, and in that will that was written up, this rich older man left everything to this younger child. He willed the, the, the child his home, his cars, um, his businesses. He willed to this man his, uh, his, his whole estate, and as time came, went on, this man passed away and this, this, young, this young man grew up and, and, and he was interviewed by the city's newspaper. And the reporter asked the man, "To what do you owe all of your success and your riches to? And knowing that a lot of people were going to be reading this article in the paper, the young man wanted people to see him as a person who had worked hard. They They wanted wanted him to to be, be, he he wanted wanted to be seen as a person person who had made good good financial decisions, decisions, a a person person who uh, bought low and sold high, a person who who acquired the right companies. He wanted them to see somebody who had been able to accomplish a lot. But the problem was with this that that he knew that that when people would see this article in the paper, a lot of people would say, man he was able to accomplish so much because he was given so much. You know, he started off with so much wealth. So he kind of felt like, man, they're not going to see what I was able to accomplish. The problem with with that is that ah, there was some truth to it, a lot of truth to it. It seems that when we hear people talk about their faith in the same way. It's, it's like, well, how did you come to know? For how, how did you come to faith, or how do you know Jesus, or how do you how do you know you'll be saved one day? And a lot of times, it comes back to what I have done. And you hear people talk about this. You hear people talk about more about their 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 good deeds. And and it's funny because I'll do funerals, or I'll do memorials, and and. Children will come up to me and they'll say, hey, I, I want you to, and, and they, they're emotional when they do this, you know, and, and they're well-meaning. But they're like, at my mom's funeral, I want you to tell people how great she was. Tell them all the great things she did. She went to my baseball game. She taught me this. My dad taught me that. You know, they would, want all these good things said about their parents. And I would know their parents, too. He's like, I would know that's not the most important thing to them. It was Jesus, and somewhere maybe it got lost because somebody thought it was about being good, and and, and we do that with with the story of our faith, that we think it's based on on what we do and on our good works, and and today we're going to be looking at a scripture passage where we see the writer, the apostle Paul, wants us to see that it's not about our works, it's not about how we lived our life, but it it is about the promise, the gift, And the will that God, long before we ever walked this earth, left for us. So let's pray, and then we're going to look at the promise that was given to us through Abraham long before the law was even given to us. So let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, just pray for this morning, pray for your word, that it would have its way in our hearts, minds, and souls, Lord. Lord, help us to continue on that path and on that journey to see that this book that was written to these people and written to us, help us to see that it is about what you have done for us, Lord Jesus. Help us to rest in that assurance. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 to 25. So if you want to pull your Bibles out from under the pew or under the seats, or if you want to take your phone and find it, Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. So, I know most people are taking their phones out. Does anybody know what page it is in their Bible? 973. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Verse 15. Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to the human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say... And to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law, the law, introduced 430 years later, does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of the transgressions or sins until the seed to whom the promise referred to had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not, for if a law had been given That could impart life, then righteousness could or would certainly have come by the law. But the scripture has locked up everything under control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed, so that the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified. By faith. Now that that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. In, In verse 15, Paul starts to form an argument that, that, that explains that grace, that the grace that has been promised to us through, through Abraham. Paul is saying that God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to take Abraham's offspring and they would become as numerous as the stars, and that through Abraham, one would come who would be the promised one, the Savior. Then Paul explains to the people that 430 years later, the law was introduced. So what I hope we understand here is this, that do we remember the story of Abraham? Abraham had how many kids to start with? None. And And then God comes and he promises Abraham kids. And when God came to Abraham, he started to make this promise to him. And you remember how old Abraham was? Ballpark. That's when he had the kid. He's about 75 or 80 when, 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 when God makes this promise to him. So God delivers a promise to Abraham that, and, and think about this promise to a person who's 75 or 80 years old, makes this ridiculous claim. I'm going to say it that way because that's how we, I would interpret it too. And that's how Abraham heard it. And that's why his wife laughed, right? And, 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 and he says to Abraham, you are going to have so many children and, and, and offspring And they're going to be like the stars in the sky, like the sand in the sea. And from your family line, one is going to come who is going to rescue you from your sin. And and when he makes this promise, if we put a little line here and then we run down the timeline, 430 years later, we see that the law gets introduced. And and Paul starts to to tell the people, the Galatians, this and remind them of this, that, that before the law, there was a promise of a savior. And, 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 and Paul does this because he's kind of dumbfounded. He's dumbfounded because he is annoyed at the things that people are believing. He says, if something has been promised, if a covenant has been made, and he goes on, he uses a Greek word that, that's a legal term, which meant something that was willed to you, if it was promised to you or willed to you previously, 430 years later, before, there's no way along that line that we can then go and change the contract or the wording of it. And, and, and what had happened over these this time was that people, and over the 430 years, people started to, actually, let me not say why yet. Let me go back a second. What he's saying is, before the law came, there was a promise. But see, along this way, people... Wanted to start to justify why they did stuff, why they were good. And, 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 and that's kind of, we live in that world. We, it's easy for us to kind of sit out there and, and, and think that we're good because I said this a few weeks back. I said, because we can always compare ourselves to our next-door na- next neighbor or to somebody else. And it's easy for us to want to take credit for something that we didn't earn. We like to take credit for stuff. You know, once I went to a, and I was thinking about some of the most ridiculous things that I've ever taken credit for. Um, one time, I, when I was in seminary, I went to a a, a seminary end of, or Christmas party, and and we went to this party, and we were bringing my wife and I. Do you remember the story? We were bringing this. We didn't have a ton of money, so I went to Walmart and I bought one of those uh, bags, or it was like a bag of. It wasn't very big. Um, Precooked, Pre-cooked shrimp. shrimp, so it's cooked. You just got to thaw it. Out. So all you gotta do is thaw it out, right? So I bring that and, and, and I pour into a bowl, and then I go into the, where you get the cocktail sauce for that stuff, and I'm looking at it. And this is this is the truth. There was a bottle for seventy nine cents, eighty nine cents, and a dollar And I said to myself, "Don't be too cheap." But don't buy the $1.09 one. So I sell it on the 89 cents bottle of cocktail sauce. Take it home, Jenny puts the shrimp on the plate. I pour the cocktail sauce into the middle in this little dish, and I bring it and I serve it. And there's this guy. And, and I won't say his name because Wayne knows him. But he's not gonna listen to my sermon. His name's Steve Paulson. So so, so Steve takes this, and he, and, well, now if he does listen to, him, he's gonna know because I wouldn't tell him. But, but he he takes a shrimp and, and he dips it in, and he starts eating. And he goes, Brandon, this is by far the best cocktail sauce I've ever had. What did you make it with? Tell me your ingredients. And I'm like, I can't tell you that. I can't give away my secrets. This guy loves to cook. He loves everything about food, and I got an 89 cent. Jar of, of cocktail, cocktail sauce with, sauce with, with some, some generic, generic label, label on, it, on it, and he was, and he was raving about it, and he mean, wouldn't leave it alone. And I'm saying, not oh, saying oh, I'm not gonna, gonna tell it's him. i like, like, but but, but, but the, the, the truth, truth is, why didn't I, I tell him? him. I, wanted <laughs> I, wanted I wanted the credit for it. I wanted the credit for taking the lid off the bottom of the town like I made it. But it is, it is in our human nature that we want to take credit for things, that we want to own things. that that we We really really don't get get to own. For For example, example, Paul is saying this right now, 430 years after the promise of the coming one who's going to save you, I give you the law, and now you think, oh, I'm good enough to live by the law. And and, and this is part of how we get this book of Galatians. And and I'm going to be honest, as as we've been going through this, we're on chapter 3, I feel like, when Paul and I are preaching, we're preaching the same thing. We just take turns saying it different weeks. And, 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 and the Apostle Paul here, he's, he is beating this horse to death, and it died weeks ago. It, it is no different than you having, some of you guys live on farms or on acreages, and it's like you having a cow or a horse that died like three days ago or a week ago and you had a vet come in to tell you it died and when the vet walks in, he shoots it three times. And you're looking at him like, why did you just do that? Well, Paul's doing that in this story. He's telling us time and time and time again that it is not about your works. It's not about the law that came 430 years after the promise and he's saying, it is about the promise that I made to, to Abraham. Abraham. And, he, and, and, and then we he start to ask the question, question well, what, what, you know, no, well, why I do we like, like taking credit for credit stuff? You know, you it, know it's,
1: it's, it's, it's because, because we're, we're sinful people.
0: people. Because inside, inside of us, there is this desire to be good enough. It's It's not even just to be be good enough. enough. There's a desire for us to kind of want to be the best, to be the smartest, to be the wisest. And, you know, I mean, think about that. That's that's where Adam and Eve went. I mean, that, it's the the sin of pride. Adam and Eve had everything. And God has this one tree, two trees, one knowledge of the evil and eternal life. And he says, hey, you can have everything you want. But this one thing, it's mine. Don't eat from it. And, 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 and what, did, what did Adam and Eve, why did Adam and Eve eat from that tree? Remember? Who remembers why? Because it was good. Satan came along and said, because it is good for food. You can eat it. Oh, or good for knowledge. Oh, it's good for me, even though God told me not to. And, and, and because there was a desire for them to be like God. The scripture verses tell us that. And and. And, and the, that, that same sin, sin is the same sin, sin that, that we, we travel on, that, that same path. That we sit, sit there, and, and, and today we sit around and be like, man, why do I have salvation? Oh, man, because I'm a good person. I go to church on Sundays, you know? I wear shirts with collars. Ah, just kidding, Marlon, just kidding. You know, it's, it's a, it's, there, there's something there that, that, we, we want, want to, take, take, credit credit the to take, take credit for this. And if there was a reason for us to take credit for this, then, 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 then God in the, the promise, promise to, Abraham to Abraham wouldn't have promised to, have promise to send somebody, somebody to the cross. Right? right? But, 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 but that is what but, the promise is about. So why do we love the law? Because we look at the law, and there's a standard that we want to try to be able to hold up to, to think that we're good, to think that we're good enough. But the problem is that, that there's a difference between uh, man's standards and God's standards. You know, it's, you can you can easily go out and find somebody who, who is worse than you. It's not hard, you know? Um, take my wife, for example. She looks at me each day, and she, and she goes, goes, I'm a good person, about herself, because she knows that all the mistakes that I do, some of you guys can maybe go to work, and you, you're working with your coworkers, and you're a better worker than them, and, and you save better, and you spend better, and you give generously, and, 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 and you make a whole world of, of decisions better than somebody else, and, and, and in our heads, we say, ah, oh, we're better than them, but, but see, that's, that's not... God's standard, God's standard was perfection when he said to Adam and Eve, hey, there's a tree here, don't touch it, don't eat from it. And you ate from it, and so did I. And I do it daily, and you do it daily, and I do it hourly, and you do it hourly. And And when I'm in a car and I'm driving, I do it probably like every 15 minutes, So if I want to look around, I can find somebody that that I can say that I'm good, I I can compare myself to be good. But that's not the way it works. And Paul confronts man to clinging onto this law and, and, and not to the promise that was given first. And man's standards are that we look around at people and we find ourselves a, a, a fake loophole. We all want to compare ourselves with somebody else because our obedience to the law fails us. And when it fails us, what it should do is drive us to the promise. You know, Paul says in verse 18 of this text, he says, For in the inheritance, or for if the, if the inheritance, inheritance depends, depends on the law, then it is no longer depends on the promise. And when, when he, he says, says that, that, here's what he's, he's saying. saying it's, it's one or the other. other. It's, it's not both. You, you, you have, have to believe in the, in the promise. promise. And the, and the cool, cool part about believing, about believing in the promise, promise is the same way that, that, that Abraham, Abraham believed and had, had to, to believe in that he was going to have a child in his own age. It was like, that can't happen. It can't be. It's almost that same way when we have to believe in the promise that we're trusting in Jesus. Because it is so hard for us to not control every single thing in our life because we think we can do it better. Because we want to be the person who who makes our own way and and destination, right? Or path on that destination. We want to be the one who... Who, who plan it all. And we look at this promise that God gave to Abraham, and here's what it says. It says, it's from Genesis chapter 12, uh, 12, and it says this. The Lord said to Abra- Abram at that time, he didn't have his name changed yet. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's house to the land I show you. And the first part of that promise is, it's like he makes him a promise, but, and it's like, I'm going to send you to a place that's different. I'm going to call you to, to something other than what you know. And then he says this, and I will make you into a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great, and, and, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham, who was older and was given a promise, he held on to this promise even as he got older and older, and God fulfilled that promise. But in the promise, God tells Abraham he would become a great nation and a great name, that God would bless him, who bless him, and he would curse those who curse him. And the best one of all is that what we've been talking about, through that promise would come Jesus. And I'm going to ask you, as you you sit here and you think about this, I'm going to ask you a question are you trusting in the promise or are you trusting in the law? Are you trusting in in what God said he's going to do for you or are you trusting in what you think you can do for yourself? And as you think through that, think like this. Think like this. If I trust in the law, have I ever let myself down? Have I ever let others down? Do I ever feel sin? Do I ever feel guilt? Do I ever feel shame? And I think I've never met someone who can't say, you know, I have. I, I do mess up. I, you know, I, I have this, you know. And then you turn over here and I say, you know, has, has God ever broken his promise to me? Who has the better track record day in and day out from before I entered this world to long after I, 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 I leave it? you know I, I said today that today is a, a glorious day because we get to hear the message of Jesus Christ and, and I'm going to say that I'm going to say it again but, but I'm going to say it this way I, I believe this I believe we have the best message in the whole world I, I believe we have the message, and, and I'll say it this way, I believe that church has the best message in the whole world as well. Because we believe, and in, in other churches too, it's not just us, but we have the best message Christianity does when we think about what we are promised and what Jesus Christ has done for us, you know, that we get to inherit um, all of God's blessings to us because of the promise that he made to us. If we believe, if we have faith that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, that when, that when he rose from the grave, he delivered us from death, then we get to be set free from, from the law and its wrath. And one of the things that, 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 that is amazing about this message in my mind is that it's, it's our message and it's our hope and 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 how Paul—it's amazing me that because Paul gets frustrated in them that, that they want to keep going back to law. What I get frustrated with is this: is that we get distracted in our message. You know, we a uh, Supreme Court can rule on something and we all flip out. You know, uh, some some social justice thing happens and we all flipped out. You know. Uh, I make a really big sin, everybody flips out. But here's, you know, here's what bugs me is that like, the message didn't change. You know, the Supreme Court can decide anything they want. The truth of what Jesus Christ, the promises he gave us, preceded everything else. The promise that was given to us preceded all those things. You know, um, and, and this promise isn't just... For me, and it's not just for you; it's for your next door neighbors who, who have yet to to come to know faith. You know, um, and and I'm I'm about done here. I'm about to wrap up, but I'm gonna say something. You know, one of the things that that, and I'm not patting myself on the back. It's something I, I want you guys to do yourselves. When I, and I'm gonna talk about when I lived in Seattle. When I lived in Seattle, I um, I got a membership to the Space Needle, and it was probably like two miles from my work, so I would go to work and then the Space Needle would open up like at nine or 10 in the morning. So then what I would do is I paid 50 bucks, no, not even, $37 for this one year membership to the Space Needle. And here's what I would do. I would just drive down there and, and I'd go up there because a lot of times at 10 o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock, I forget what time they opened, uh, nobody would be there yet. Schools haven't done their field trips yet. Uh, it just wasn't busy during the school year, you know? So I'd go up there. I'd pay 50 bucks and sit in this building up top of Space mill basically by myself. Maybe seven other people would be in the whole thing, and I would take a desk, and they had the internet up there, and I would do my work, and I'd write my sermons, and then I'd put my stuff in my bag, and I'd walk around. And here's what I would do when I walked around the Space Neal. I'd walk around the outside of it, and I would look at the city, and I would pray for the people. And I would look at the people playing in the park below, and I'd pray for them. And then I'd go to the north side of the building and I would, I would pray for the people on the north side of the building and that's where my church was and, and I'd, I'd pray for those people and, and then when I come to DeWitt I, I walk around the streets or in the park or at Mescal or Cups and Cones or wherever I can find myself like with other people and, and, and I'm praying for these people and here's why because there was a promise that was given to us at the beginning and, and it's still good today. And, and our our friends need to hear it. If we need to hear it week in and week out, if you come here and you don't hear it, then we failed you. But our friends need to hear it. It's the promise of God. And, 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 and what I want to encourage us to is, 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 is to not look at someone's skin color or their sin issue or whatever it might be, but look at... What Christ looks at, what God looks at, and that is the heart of man and woman, and, and have a desire to see them come to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. You know what I mean? So, in that, let's pray for forgiveness of sins, let's pray for our neighbors, and, uh, and let's give thanks to the Lord for, for, for his promises to us. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you thanks, Lord. We, we give you thanks. Lord, we walk in here with all of our, our baggage and our, and our sinfulness, Lord, but, but you have taken it from us. Lord, and, and, and may we can just take this, this time to repent of our sins, Lord, to repent of our mistakes. And, and Lord, I pray, give everybody here an opportunity just to, to pray, Lord, right now and say, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, would you uh, remind us of that as our day throughout our day, and, and, and Lord, would you lay it upon our hearts to want to share that wonderful message with our, with our next-door neighbors and our family members and our co-workers, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.